There's not a soul out there, no one to hear my prayer. Or is there? Darlings and gal pals, today is the day we finally talk about the group Sid is always talking about. On today's episode, I celebrate the album that got me hooked on the honorary Swedish royal family. Let's see if you can figure out who I'm talking about. When Agnetha, Benny, Bjorn, and Annie Fried began a pop group more than 50 years ago, little did they know their legacy would spawn a musical, movies, and an upcoming Out of This World Avatar reunion tour in 2021. But what happened between the time the little pop group that could broke up to the present day where it's easier than ever to admit their love for their music? A Greatest Hits album came out that started a revival of the group, and as a result, started a revolution that continues to this very day. Yes, I'm talking about those Swedes. A-B-B-A. ABBA? The album? ABBA Gold. Talking to me about this very Greatest Hits album is Elizabeth Vincentelli, author of the album Companion Book, released as part of the 33 and a third book series. She is currently a freelance author and journalist living in Brooklyn, New York. On this episode, we talk about the ABBA fan community before and after ABBA Gold came out, our favorite ABBA songs from the album, and gab about so much more. Enjoy! Hello, darlings and cow pals. Welcome back to a new episode, and I'm so excited. We're going to listen to and we're going to talk about ABBA Gold, which is my very first album that I ever bought from ABBA, and it's converted me as the ABBA-holic that I am to this day. <laughs> With me to talk about ABBA Gold, I have Elizabeth Vincentelli on the line. How are you doing, Elizabeth? Welcome to the show. I am great. Thank you for having me. It's always <laughs> a pleasure to talk ABBA. Yeah. So Elizabeth, I got you on the show because um, you wrote a book on ABBA, a part of the mm-hmm. 33 and a third series. I'm showing this yeah. on a podcast, even though no one can see it, but I have your book right here. Um, I love it. It's a great little introduction to the album. If you don't, not, aren't quite sure, which I don't know why you would not be sure about a- ABBA in the first place, but that's just me. Um, but I wanted to bring you on because you write a lot about the background of the album and the time before ABBA Gold. Can you describe that era um, just after the time that ABBA broke up? Right. So they break up in 81 and the compilation comes out in 92. So there's like over 10 years between the two. And I think so. what happens in these 10 years is really important because like we have to remember also that this is before social media and streaming and all that stuff when like if a band is not really active, like the back catalog is um, LPs and CDs and the CDs have kind of appeared in the mid eighties, I guess. Um, and a lot of bands that are around or not are like trying to, you know, monetize their back catalog. And so their label is like, well, you know, let's put out a CD compilation. But the other thing is that in the years between, uh, you know, after they broke up, so they break up and they kind of break up on a downer because they, they're divorced. They, they were The two couples were married. Uh, they're divorced. They're kind of not in sync with the times. It's just not happening. So they break up. And at the time, their like, image is not like at, at its peak. Uh, the last album is a bit of a downer. It's like really dark. And it's not the kind of happy, clappy ABBA that people love. And... Um, and the two guys go on and do musicals and the 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 women uh do solo stuff often you know with great success but the band itself is just not happening so much but then this weird thing happens where um like suddenly their their reputation kind of grows without them doing anything about it because like they were seen as like a band for like kids and moms but in those years in the 80s, I'm talking about the 70s, but but like in the 80s when they're broken up and not really doing anything as a band, um, their reputation is kind of spreading like like quote-unquote serious songwriters like start saying how much they love them and and the the gay following really, really, really grows like to a huge degree. And um, uh, so they, be, you know, and the tribute bands 
appear like bands that dress like them and be, you know because the visuals were such a huge mm -hmm. part of the band so the tribute band appears so like it kind of snowballs and the record company is like oh well you know let's monetize that and with that those new cd things um so anyway so they put out the compilation and suddenly it sells like crazy so that's 92 and then after that a couple of years later there's those two movies that come out Mirror's Wedding and uh, Priscilla, Queen of the Desert, that both make really big use of ABBA, and they're both from Australia, the, the movies, which was a really, really big place for ABBA. Like, it was the place where they were most successful after after England, probably. Um, so mm -hmm. that's kind of how it happened. That's the, the potted history of uh, the compilation. Mm -hmm. It came out at right the... Right in a weird time when I believe the catalog mm -hmm. was being bought up by Polydor, so they right. had, um, yeah, so they had done. Um, they were trying to get a way to capitalize on their new, uh, newly acquired catalog. So they thought, what a great right. way to do was was do a compilation, and they chose a total of nineteen songs um, in no particular order. Can you comment on the order on on what on your first impressions when you first listened to the album? Well, the the. I think really what they do is that they put the kind of most popular song first, Dancing Queen. And after that, it's almost like they pull, like they put Dancing Queen first. It's probably their most popular song, I would say. And then they put the song that broke them, the song that made them famous, Waterloo Last. So it's like, mm -hmm. it's like they pull like song titles yeah. out of a hat and like mix and match with numbers and it feels completely random like there's no rhyme or reason mm -hmm. and they, they there were like several like ABBA compilations before it's not like it's not the first one but for some reason mm -hmm. that one really worked and like the cover is really kind of <laughs> it's it's really really <laughs> super basic um it's like the name and then gold and then greatest hits and there's a little, little thing of magic <laughs> I don't know. It's like nothing. It's like a seven-year-old like graphic designer did it. Um, but uh, like it's it's got nothing. Like for a band that was so much visuals, that that cover is like funeral of Abba. It's crazy. It's it's um. But you know, again, that kind of works. It's mysterious. I don't know what it is. It works in a weird way. Uh, it's um. <laughs> like, there's a lot of those of that of stuff about that compilation that shouldn't work, and yet it works. Um, of course, this is all mm -hmm. like hindsight because, like, maybe the band was super pissed about um, that cover. I have no idea, or maybe they couldn't agree on anything, and that was like the like the one that they already could agree on. I have no idea, but um, yeah, it looks just you know it's super basic, but it's some kind of striking. Uh, in its own way, and it's got the logo, the two Bs back to back, uh, and uh, I don't know, it kind of works. Yeah, it's a compilation that's, you know, uh, it it really works, and it's like I think to this day it's like one of the top five, I think, best-selling albums of all time, or it's it's yeah, way up there. And and it's always charting on the UK charts. It's always, I always see it in the top oh, 100. Yeah. Like I've seen it year it's after year. There. It's just it's. It's always there, regardless. Even even though they had eight other albums that you could purchase, um, so I think that's I think that's very telling too. Yeah, no. Every time uh, you know, and I would say for most people, for the vast majority of people, if they have one album, album that's the one they have. Now, uh, the albums themselves, the individual albums, like the fans are going to have them, but maybe someone will have like one or two. But that is the one that most people have. Like if you have one album, album that's the one. It's not a bad mm -hmm. one to have. And that's, um, like I had mentioned, that's the album that got me into ABBA. Um, mm -hmm. I remember they actually had um, on uh, 18, the 18th album, ABBA Generation, they actually advertised this specific album. Oh, yeah. And I right. ended up buying it because of that advertisement. So <laughs> that shows my age a little bit. But I mean, 18 was you know, awesome. It, I mean, like, it, yeah. The 18th, the 18th were awesome. I'm actually doing a live show, um, producing a live show right now, a one-person show where I actually do the 18th version of Gimme, Gimme, Gimme. Um, so well, it's really fun. <laughs> it takes me back. <laughs> um, but that that's this is the album that got me into it. And I I, I actually really enjoy the, the layout of the songs because uh -huh. looking back now, I'm like, why did they do it that? Because of course, but knowing nothing about ABBA, this is the perfect thing because... If you're introduced to ABBA, you may have heard their, like maybe one to five of their songs. And the first mm -hmm. one you would everyone knows is Dancing Queen. So it makes sense right. to get them sure. early. So 
it makes me believe that there's a theory for the the album lineup where they where it's actually an ABBA fan who 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 listed this down here and was like, all right, we're gonna convert the, a new ABBA fan every with every album. So they right, started right. with the best things. Then they kind of went into a little depth. They're like, this is a song you might know. It's it's a depth a song with a little bit of emotional depth. And then they kind of go into the playful side of ABBA. Take a chance on me. Got Mama Mia. Yeah. Lay all your love on me. Gets yeah. a little bit more heavier. And then you get into it. Super Trooper is very lighthearted as well. You just keep going through, and then you get to the end, and it's basically saying, if you like, if you like to know more about ABBA, start at the very beginning. Start at Waterloo, which is the it's song so weird that because like, would so you have put like thank you for, but like wouldn't you have put like thank you for the music last? <laughs> no, no. Yeah, I was about to say that too. <laughs> that could be, but it is near the end. It's like 18, so that's right. Still yeah, there. yeah, close enough. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but I love it. I I think. It's like one of those yeah. conspiracy theories I tell people. I'm like, just get out of gold. It's legit. It's like arranged for you. It's like my Spotify playlist to you. <laughs> no, absolutely. It's, it's really like, you know, then you can, then you can start like having like nitpicking with uh, other fans saying, oh, I would have taken, like, I am not a huge fan of, I have a dream. Like if I have to take one out, yeah, okay. You know, but um, I love summer nights. It's not in there. I mean, it, it you know, uh, it doesn't. It's really, I, I think as like 19 songs, it's pretty unimpinchable. I mean, you can't, yeah, you can just start arguing about like, oh, I would have loved that beat, like <laughs> obscure Spanish B-side, but like, that's crazy. That's not the point of that compilation. And there's like a gazillion, I mean, you can get the albums, you can get like the box set, you can get, uh, you know, if you're into that stuff. So I, it's pretty, I mean, there's a reason it keeps like selling and selling and selling. And then of course, there's been like all that stuff ever since. So every time, as you say, Every time there's something about ABBA, like whether it's Mamma Mia or like the show, I mean, uh, or the show and then the movie and then the museum, you know, it's always something. And then boom, the album sells again. So it's the gift that keeps on giving. Do you ever think if Mamma Mia, the musical ever came out, if it if this album came out, say today, do you think it would do well? Probably. I would I, I would think so. Maybe not as well as it did back then. Like it's probably not but i would I, i think so yeah i mean mm -hmm. it's hard to tell because it's also so much a part of its time that that 92 and i mean what's amazing to me is that it's never stopped selling but um it it, it is very much part of its time like it's really part of a, a moment in the abba continuum like the band but then their solo careers like where they are at what's happening in the you know, early, early nineties. So there's like a whole bunch of factors that can't be reproduced. And I, I do think that social media will play a very different part now. Not sure how, but I think it would. Um, like maybe they will be like, like the emperors of Instagram because of the visuals. I have no, it's, you know, you can't tell like what would happen if that, yeah, I don't know. It, it does feel like a little bit more removed now because so much time has passed that, Yeah, it's, I just can't second guess. But, you know, the museum, mm -hmm. like, is super drenched in ABBA culture, and it's 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 packed. It's, mm -hmm. I mean, when it's open, <laughs> it's doing really well. <laughs> um, mm -hmm. There's no epidemic. Uh, but, uh, and, yeah. you know, and they started that Mamma Mia party. I mean, they keep, like, coming up. And then, you know, the, the holograms were the, supposed to come out this year, but they've been postponed. So mm -hmm. there's always something. They're, like, really good at... Uh, mining their catalog mm -hmm. yeah i think abba gold was the beginning of the um the wave of solidifying abba the members mm -hmm. as almost national institutions especially oh, in sweden sure. yeah, yeah um it's it's like they're the royal family now in sweden everyone's like I oh think, yeah i think there's a queen and a king but i know benny and bjorn <laughs> you know, yeah stuff no like I, you know absolutely absolutely <laughs> uh, yeah when when like the the one of the prince or the prince i think it was the princess i can't remember which one anyway there was a a, a, royal, a a royal got married a few years ago and like of course who wrote the music for the wedding it was you know was benny of course yeah, yeah. i mean that's that's just <laughs> that's that's yeah. just how they roll in sweden <laughs> oh yeah absolutely <laughs> um I yeah I love I love the legacy that this album has brought. It brought the musical, which actually mm -hmm. pioneered the jukebox musical, to, oh, yeah. which we still have to this day. It's brought your I think it's brought Eurovision to more of a forefront than it was even before the early two thousand mm -hmm. early two thousands. Now it's the huge arena show, and it's 
ginormous. And I think that also um, facilitated that with ingraining pop music in European and worldwide. Yeah, global yeah, yeah. But I think also, I mean, for Americans, especially, I think what Ava Gold did uh, is that making Americans maybe a little bit more open about like non, non-American or British bands, because mm. like it was it's not obvious, but now they're so accept. Abba, I mean, is so accepted, and I think and then and it opened up the door to all the like the Max Martins and all those like super producer that yeah. completely took over the American charts, like from this mm-hmm. like pop fact, you know, with all those pop factory that would produce all these people. Yeah. So it really opened. Like every time you read an article about Max Martin, it usually starts with. Max Martin is Swedish, the land of ABBA, like every single time, you know. Sweden, the land of IKEA and ABBA, like every single time. It's like this country is two things, IKEA and ABBA. There's, there's nothing else. And mm-hmm. I mean, they're not entirely <laughs> wrong, but, uh, yeah. you know, it's, it's, I would say it's a pretty good, you know, it's a pretty good track record for mm-hmm. a country of like, yeah, I don't know, like nine nine million people, I think ten. Yeah, and everyone's spread out, so it's because it's so so, so yeah, cold, yeah. so they're more in the southern yeah, part yeah, yeah. of the region. It's, it's bottom heavy. <laughs> yeah. Did um? Do you remember when Ace of Base came yeah. out in the early nineties? They were trying to tout them as like the next yeah. ABBA, and everyone and they're like they they were not up for the challenge. Yeah. But I've noticed now they've the the men have kind of the the band. They're more the producers and the the magic makers of the, sh- of the, the, mm-hmm. the mu- music. Um, they, <laughs> they tried to revive Ace of Base with two new girls and they're yeah. like much younger. So now they look even more creepier. Yeah. Like, you know, yeah, it's just I like, really, work. Although I, I, I think I prefer Roxette if we're going to go there, but uh, of that time. Oh, yeah. Let's not tag, like, we, we don't have to start a debate about like Roxette versus Ace of Base. <laughs> But, right but I, I think what i love is they tried to like now try to follow in mm. abba's legacy by doing um it, it lasted for like only two singles but they did uh like a tween version of oh my god Ace of Base. Right. can they were so original with it can do you think can you guess what the name is I, no i don't know i can't I, no <laughs> it's uh a star base Ooh, how okay. original it's so good <laughs> so good so good I, I feel like really let down by by, by the Swedish uh, pop industrial complex there because that, that's not yeah. so great. Yeah, um, it's it's now a big consumerism culture uh, in Sweden with pop music and with Mel the Festival, and you can see how big production is these days with music. But yeah, um, going back to a more simpler time, mm-hmm. um, let's go back to Abba Gold and let's talk mm-hmm. about our three favorite songs. Do you want to go first? All right, uh, I would say <laughs> SOS for me is probably one of the best songs of all time. Like I am really dead serious too. Like I, I'm not even being like exaggerating for effect or anything. I think it's like a masterpiece. Like that, that intro alone, uh, it's just like, it's just fantastic. It's like, it's so good. Um, there was a, uh, <laughs> when, uh, when I interviewed that, so I did a second book about ABBA called ABBA Treasures. And by then, so I try to interview the band members for the first one for the ABBA, for ABBA Gold and they turned me down. So, um, but the, the actually then I I uh, learned that they liked it that they read the book and they liked it. So when I did the second one, when I did Ava Treasures and I requested interviews, they said yes because they knew I was not you know I was serious about it. And uh, and I went I I traveled so in February it was so cold, um, and I met uh, Benny in his uh, little office studio where he kind of spends the day you know being being Benny and he uh went on the piano and he played me the beginning of dancing when I really started crying mm. well I teared up I mean I was just like I was like Elizabeth please hold it together I was like biting my cheeks they're just too I was like don't 
don't like just keep, you know like keep it together and I, and I but when he did it when he dun, 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 I I really I almost like I lost it I mean not entirely but like inside mm-hmm. I lost it it's yeah. it's a great song uh anyway it's i just the way it swirls just the arrangements it's it's perfect then my second one would be knowing you knowing you because uh i think the vocal arrangements on that one are so superb and that was one of the things that i really love about them like the multi-tracking and the arrangements on general and it's one that sounds deceptively simple and it's not simple at all and they were like total like studio um beasts And the third one would be Waterloo because it's the first one. Uh, what's the one that that got them big? Is stealing credit? It's so catchy. It's ridiculous. And of course, as a French person, I should not be endorsing a song that is about one of our greatest defeats. But here you go. <laughs> here you go. That's how good it is. That's how good it is. I was um, thinking that. I was like, hmm. You know, there's a joke in France because there, there's, of course, there's a there's a Waterloo train station in London, and in France, there's a joke like, why why do the Brits like name their train stations after defeats? Um, but uh, yeah, Waterloo. Eurovision Song Contest, 1974, Brighton, classic. Uh, I'm also a Eurovision fan. It's a separate uh, matter. So um, the fact that he was at Eurovision is just, 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 it's all, it's classic. Those outfits, I mean, they're just, it's insane. Like the whole thing, the whole like visual song package, like it just works so well. I, I really I love that song. It, I, I I've listened to it like thousands of times, and I just uh, it's you know like I'm not I'm not being the most articulate right now. Like in mm-hmm. terms of like I should be like doing this musicology analysis and all I can come up with like it's so good, but it really <laughs> is. You know when you have a song that really like is in your head like for mm-hmm. decades, it it just is. But like it changes, mm-hmm. and sometimes you know. Yeah. I'll say like Vulu is my favorite one. I mean, I don't know, but like those three, I I would say I don't yeah. tire of. Yeah, we'll give a consolation prize to Vulu. <laughs> that's a great. That's a great. That's a great <laughs> album. Yeah, I I think that's that's an that's an interesting thing that you bring up. It's like you know, it you could you could go on and on about the whole aspect of you know analyzing the synth bass or whatever you know on right, right. the song and saying why it's good, but. What's good for me and good for you is much different and more subjective. So the fact that we like it is the th- reason why that we came together mm-hmm. and to talk right. about this, which I love. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I went a little deeper with mine just a little bit, but uh-huh. just because um, I associate a lot of songs with memories from my past mm-hmm. to certain songs. Um, so I chose three oh, songs yeah, that right. kind of go closer to it. Um, I also looked, uh, thought of it in a way of thinking of these are songs that I remember consoled me during difficult times. I don't remember a lot of those difficult times, oh, but I remember right. similar to how in Muriel's wedding where Muriel shuts her door, listens to Dancing Queen, is, is deadpan singing along to, da- mm-hmm. to Dancing Queen. And then she eventually perks up and she blossoms into her own character, which I mm-hmm. love. In a way, I kind of used ABBA in that same way. The, fir- the first one I wanted to touch on was Gimme, Gimme, Gimme. Gimme, Gimme, Gimme,
I love dancing to that song. The I, I had mentioned earlier that I danced right. 18 uh, with my the 18s version with my sister in our mirror. We would do choreography. Oh my god! Um, of course. <laughs> and the lyrics draw some tension. There's like like you can relate if you're an outcast in this regard. You can you know you're you're thinking about how lonely you are. You know the, the singers talking. The main singers talking about how isolated they are from the world. And I feel like a lot of us even now during 2020, during COVID and quarantine can definitely relate to this song, but it's a danceable song. So like, it's almost like a 180. It's like, you can do, but you can be happy to it. You can be depressed to it. Right. It's an all around feel good song, oh, yeah. but it's still, it still has some depth to it. And I really love that one. Mm -hmm. Moving on to uh, my second one is Chikatita. Um, oh, another okay. one consoling, con another one consoling somebody, you know, I'm Chikatita. Oh my gosh. You know, you can, you can put yourself in the shoes of, right. shoes of Chikatita and having, you know, the four members of ABBA consoling you over, you know, something that went wrong earlier that day right. and you listen to it. I also love the music video for this because they're just sitting outside in front of a snowman. Right. <laughs> it looks really cold. And there's an, in I remember there's an intruder walking through the, the back of the shot. At the it, it, it just oh cracks me up. But um, I think that song um, was the song they used to raise money for UNICEF, I believe at the time. I yeah, don't remember. I think so, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I think it was. So that also was, I think, um, the song they chose because it had more of a broader appeal and message for right. lots of different people in, of different cultures and backgrounds and people who whose language is not English as their first language and stuff like that. Right. So I think that that appealed in that regard as well, which is really awesome. And then my third final one is Super Trooper. This one's almost Ooh. like a this one's almost like a uh, this one's a similar vein to Chikatita, but it's more about finding someone that is right for you romantically, emotionally, friendly, friendship wise. Right. And, you know, finding good friends, finding great partners is very is very difficult to do especially in a sea of people and somewhere in the crowd there is you there's I, someone in there but you don't know who until you find it and i think i, you, I, I think hear you, you i hear you the stupapa chupapa i <laughs> you know i love that song i love like 98 percent of that song with that like one thing it's just <laughs> i don't know it stops me from like Enforcing yeah. it hundred <laughs> percent. Yeah, I do have to say that that part is a little comical, but yeah. it kind of it kind of helps if you've never heard the song before and you like you you like maybe remember, but you're like oh you're like oh I remember right. that silly part the soup papa part, so you can at least sing along to that and then get into the groove of the mm -hmm. song. And by the end of it, by the time the br uh, the bridge comes in when Frida's singing, um, so I'll be there when you arrive, and it's like mm -hmm. and Frida is just commanding your attention to the point where you're like, yeah that is why I like ABBA, you know, so the, there's moments in that song that just solidify my love for it even more. It's October, and you know what that means. Giveaway time! Hiya, darlings and gal pals. I am offering an absolutely zantastic prize package for an exclusive giveaway to my Instagram. This is the perfect surprise for fans of all backgrounds. It is a loaded prize package full of ABBA doodads and Xana goodies for even the most remedial fan of Les Deux. Included in this prize package is the 40th anniversary of ABBA Gold, featuring more ABBA Gold and a CD of B-sides. ABBA The Definitive Collection DVD, featuring all of ABBA's music videos. ABBA The Movie on DVD. Xanadu Magical Musical Edition with the soundtrack CD. 
Xanadu, the Broadway cast album, autographed by artist and guest host Derek Bishop. The ABBA Gold Book from the 33 and a Third series, also autographed by our author and guest Elizabeth Vincentelli. Don't those sound exciting? Here's how you win. Follow at RealSparkleSid on Instagram. Tag five people in the comments of the post that you see and comment on your favorite ABBA song. Next, share the same post as a story, tagging at RealSparkleSid so I can make sure to count the entry. But there's a catch. I will only draw until I hit 500 followers. So tell your friends and tag as many friends for a quicker chance to win. Bon chance, mes amis. And now back to the show. There's something about about this music, and I really, I think it is so uh, subliminal in a way that really is so consoling when you listen to it. Um, like, I, every time I've had a breakup, I've listened to, like, I would put on the albums on the headphones and listen to them, like, from, you know, press play and then just listen to the whole thing. And then I would put on the next one. I would do it in order. So I wouldn't listen to the entire discography of all the albums in, in, in order. And, like, it's just there's something about this music that really, like, when you're really down. But it also works when you're really up. Yeah. Absolutely. You know, it's 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 remarkable. And it's, um yeah, I, I, it's... It still, I mean, it still works. I, um, it's it's awesome, and I also love that they actually have been very stingy with the allowing for samples and stuff like that. There's only been like two or three that they've allowed officially, and I think it's been good in terms of not letting it getting watered down, you know, by sampling. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's been they they've been very good at at uh, steering their their like career, I would say, in terms mm-hmm. of. Um, their back catalog and and how to kind of steal the legacy of what the band meant and the fact that they've never reformed. I mean, it's just, you know, like no reunion or I, I don't know. It's really added um, to that. And they could have, like, I think they kind of told the idea and then probably maybe around gold, although around the time of gold, that's when really their relationships were like not that hot between the four of them. And, and now they're all fine, but I think there were maybe some more tense moments um, and maybe around gold. So that would not have mm. been possible, but I'm, I'm kind of glad that they're not reuniting mm. that their, their solution was to do those holograms, which is so nuts um, that mm. you're going to have to admire that. Yeah. The fact that they're doing something that is, that resembles a reunion is, is, beyond amazing so the fact that we even have that we should be grateful for and i i totally am and i totally agree with the fact that avatars is probably the best way to do it because you know coming out of uh coming out of touring agnetha uh acquired a fear of flying so she's not gonna be able to tour so (laughs) i don't think she's ever gotten over that they don't want to perform i mean but you know they're recording new songs together right and like so they're gonna have new songs and they will be I don't know if they're actually going to call them ABBA songs, but they will be ABBA songs. I mean, the the women are singing on it. The guys are right. It's like really they're back to what they were doing. And I think I read somewhere that they're go- there's going to be like eight of them, which is like it's an album. I mean, it's yeah. crazy. I and mean, they're not going to appear live, but the avatars are <laughs> the avatars are going to perform live, and the avatars are frozen in amber. They're based on their looks from the seventies. Yeah. So it's really it's like basically new songs from ABBA's ABBA but from the 70s it's so crazy I just love it and if you've heard any of the material that Benny and Bjorn have been writing together usually for Benny's band it really sounds like ABBA like they, mm-hmm. these guys have not lost their their touch I mean it really sounds like ABBA so they can totally pull it off if they feels like now they feel like it before they did not so I'm so looking forward to it it's uh I can't wait until they were supposed to release one this fall, but it's been pushed because of yeah. COVID. But yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It'll be interesting to see. Um, originally they were going to do like a TV special. So if, if who knows if they will uh, end up presenting in that regard, um, hopefully the avatars um, will, will look a lot better than the very first avatars that they had at Abu the museum. I remember seeing pictures of those. Yeah. Going, Whoa. <laughs> no, I, you know, I went to that museum uh, last year. Uh, for the first time and uh, the the avatars were not great but they were also among the first gen avatars and but they were telling me that like the new ones are going to be like like 360 
like insane, like real, like three D insanity. Mm-hmm. Like there'll be, they were like, they're gonna blow any other of the avatars that are you know touring with bands, like mm-hmm. you, like the whatever the Sinatra or Tupac avatar yeah. mm-hmm. that are touring. Uh, they were like, no, this is gonna be like insane that's why it's taking them so long because the technology is, is that they're using is just apparently completely crazy but it's going to be yeah they're going to be able to have something really elaborate but I, i'm actually looking forward more to the songs than to the avatars yeah um yeah i'm a little hesitant like uh, still about that but the fact that we have new music is going to be amazing i'm going to be able to listen to it mm-hmm. create new memories as an adult you know it's going to be a really interesting experience because this is going to be the first time I'm listening to new, new ABBA songs um, for myself, yeah. for myself, since I'm younger, I, I, you know, I was born after they'd broken up. So new ABBA songs has never been a thing for me. So this is like be I'm beyond thrilled to, to hear them. And, right. um, and also to spring uh, out about the avatar concerts that have been going on the, I saw some clips of the Whitney Houston one and it, you know, it, it looks really good. Um, there's dancers around her, but the the fact that she can't really interact with the dancers, like if the dancer, you know, does like a cute thing toward the sword or she's not yeah. to, she's still dancing or whatever she's doing. And it, it looks a little robotic right. and she's commanding the audience. But when she, when people respond, she doesn't really like respond back yet. You know, like, you know, it's, it's, it's a little cold. Um, but I mean, that's what you get with an avatar, but having new songs, it's going to be directly from the members themselves. So we're going to still be able to hear that emotion in that heart mm-hmm. and and kind of almost feel feel that emotion from when they when they since they broke up to see how they've changed with mm-hmm. their viewpoint and their songwriting um i've been following benny since for the longest time now and to see him do the benny anderson orchestra and, and or, uh, benny anderson band and um her his involvement with helen Schoem, um with uh, christina from Duvamala and on and on and on and Mm-hmm. Fast is one of my favorite musicals. So, um, you know, the fact that they're still creating and um, and doing stuff, that's phenomenal. Oh, yeah. Like, they're very, uh, they're very, I mean, not prolific, mm-hmm. but very active. They come up with, like, new songs together, like, mm-hmm. almost every year. Um, so, for whatever project, like, they did another musical uh, that was filmed. That's on YouTube, actually. The whole thing is called... Okay, I can't pronounce it in Sweden, but it translated as "Help Wanted." It's based on a on a kids' book, and it's about a maybe an hour, hour and a half long. And it's more like a play with music, but the songs are insanely good. Um, and and I think they were working on a Pippi Longstocking musical for like another like a sit down thing in Stockholm that also was postponed because of COVID. So they're always doing stuff, like even like stuff that they do. Just they did a song maybe oh, several years ago. So Benny owns a hotel in Stockholm and several years ago, he wrote a song for the employees to sing. And I don't know if you've seen it, but there's a video of the employees singing the song that he wrote. It's called, the, the hotel is called Rival. Hotel Rival. Yeah. Rival. <laughs> Rival. Uh, and um, so he had like the employees sing the song and that song is pure mm-hmm. ABBA. It's so good. It's on YouTube too. You can just check out hotel rival employees and it's a benny and bjorn song and it's as good as anything abba has ever written uh and yeah it's all the employees singing it together it's it's really cute but he just like he tosses that stuff off like like it's nothing it's just it's mm-hmm. insane yeah i think i think i remember that now that you mentioned that I, I i can vaguely remember hearing it and going this is totally an like it sounds like an abba song just with a chorus of oh hoteliers yeah yeah <laughs> um that <laughs> yes. That also reminds me of the original song they did for when um was it Mamo hosted Eurovision? They did um the opening song um for the finale, I think. Oh yeah. No, yeah, for the for the final. I think they had the opening song for that. And and like a v- they got Avicii involved, the late Avicii, and um they just they just basically yeah. like took everybody yeah, that was yeah. Swedish and popular in like national treasures and were just like make a song and we'll perform it. <laughs> right. Yeah, I don't know if it's still there, but at one point, at one point when you uh, when you arrived at the Stockholm airport, like you were li- leaving the airport, they had like a hall of fame gallery on the walls with like s- you know Swedish celebrities and like of course they were there, like so when you arrive, it's it's really part of the of the experience. I'm actually curious. Um, do you remember there uh, way before Mamma Mia? I think in the early '80s, um, in France, they had a ABBA 
musical called Abacadabra. Do you remember? Yeah. yeah. Do you remember that? Not at all. I mean, I only, I, that passed me by. Uh, and uh, I mean, I heard about it later when I was researching, but yeah, no, I had no idea. There's a, uh, yeah. Yeah. It's a, it's a, it's another, it's a kids. Um, <laughs> so there's actually a lot, well, not a lot, but there's quite a few kids related about related stuff because their music is so instantly accessible that I think kids really respond to it. In fact, I have several friends. I don't have kids, but I have several friends who told me that ABBA was one of the first bands that the kids really got into. Mm-hmm. And there's something, yeah, there's something that kids really pick pick up on, you know, and then adults do too. But there's something, again, it's not kids' music, but they really react yeah. to the joy of some of the songs and the fact that they're just so insanely catchy. Mm-hmm. Like, you hear them once and that's it. Like, it's in your head. Mm-hmm. But yeah, no, I, I had not heard of Abacadabra. <laughs> <laughs> I was I was laughing because I, I I don't I I took some levels of French so I'm like have an idea but like the first time I heard uh, Monet 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 about uh, Pinocchio <laughs> I was like oh, oh my god I think I'm out of here I'm gonna go <laughs> but yeah, no you you're busy somewhere else <laughs> <laughs> right <laughs> but um, uh, Frida um, made a debut or she did a like a performance at one of the perform like the UK London premiere or something as Bell and they do it to the tune right. of arrival, which I think is a really kind of interesting like 360 mm-hmm. moments. They're like, well it's we're not quite sure if this is authorized, but Frida's here, so we're good. <laughs> She's she qualifies as official. Yeah, yeah. No uh yeah, no they've done I mean, you know, they did a lot of songs in well they did songs in Spanish. I mean there was always like some I think it's it's on the box set, but there's like songs in other languages, and there's some in French, and you know, I I think is there a Waterloo in French? Maybe there is. I know oh. there's one in Swedish, of course, but I, I believe there's one in France too, which is classic. Yeah, <laughs> to do that song in French, all oh, languages yeah, for sure. I um yeah, I think I think there's a um there's English, there's a Swedish, uh French, and German, I believe too. Um, yeah, that sounds like right. That. Yeah. Um, so like the, yeah. the main, the main European languages is over there that, so they can mm-hmm. appeal, especially after they won, they had to, you know, they probably, their record label was probably like, right. oh, let's, you know, record in different languages to appeal. I, I do, I do miss that tradition that was really big in the sixties and seventies of people recording, uh, their songs in several languages to try to like have a better, like gain a foothold in uh, in other European markets. Very common, like lots of French artists did it, like Italian artists did it, like they would sing in Italic totally phonetically. Mm-hmm. So uh, they would sing in three or four other languages and then they would release singles all over and then they would go and do, that's why there's all those great clips on YouTube because they would go and do all those like TV shows, like variety shows all over. And the, the, usually that footage from those 70s shows particular is really great there's like a lot of great footage of um french pop stars singing on german variety shows and looking half lost and that's like yeah you can tell it's just like what the <laughs> what is going on mm-hmm. but yeah that happened a lot or singing in like the french sang a lot in italian just to get into the the italian market that is not really done anymore like i think like you have someone like shakira like she'll do like two you know two versions of an album or a bilingual but that's not really done so much i don't think anymore that uh and i think you may have some like latin american like artists like stars doing that sometimes but like in europe it's not done as much i i kind of miss those days mm-hmm. the days of singing something you have absolutely no idea mm-hmm. what it is yeah <laughs> phonetically <laughs> I'm surprised you haven't touched upon the fact that ABBA did a full Spanish album and then it became re-released as ABBA Gold Spain or ABBA Oro. <laughs> Oro, right. Yeah, yeah. I was like, yeah, I, you know, I, my, my, my Spanish is so poor. And by that, I mean completely inexistent that uh, I, I couldn't, I didn't feel like I could, I could really do it do it justice um but yeah they were huge in the in the spanish and particularly like southern american market like really really big um so but that that was the time you 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 did you know again like it's so easy to take this for granted now but this is pre-internet like people don't have access to that stuff you just can't like 
Google or like get on YouTube and it was not done. Like the bands had to, you had to buy records that had to be shipped in and the bands had to travel and do the local TV shows. And like, it it seems insane now, but I mean, not insane, like, uh, but like alien, it feels completely alien when things are so accessible now, but it was hard to get that stuff. Mm -hmm. You know, it was just hard to get those records and hard to see a band live, like get an idea what they were like. Like, what did they look like? Not easy. You had like magazines and uh, you had to wait for them to come and do your local TV show. So is I think it kind of helped build the mystique, actually, that fact that it was hard to access. And that just goes back to the appeal of ABBA being a global band that it just appeals mm-hmm. to everybody, regardless of if you know if you don't know English. There's at right. least per- potentially a different language one, or someone has done a cover of that you can be introduced yeah. to to the original, mm-hmm. and that is what is amazing. Mm-hmm. And with that, ABBA, we thank you for the music, <laughs> the songs you're singing. <laughs> you know that that I'll joke. Go, I could go on. You can do it because that joke never gets old. Like it's not even a joke, but like that reference is just. Uh, I'm sure they were like, "Oh, I've got a great idea. This song, thank you for the music. People will say it all the time." Yeah, I know they're gonna they're gonna come up to us on the street and just be like, "I have something to say," and then they yeah. and then they basically <laughs> rat off. Away. And and then they and look like, really polite right. and they oh wow, I've never heard this before, but thank you. <laughs> Right. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah. Oh my gosh. It's been a pleasure talking to Elizabeth. Uh, where can oh, people no, find you on social media, websites? Yeah, where I'm can on, they buy your work? I'm on Twitter. Uh, I, uh, I'm on Twitter. I'm on, <laughs> I feel like posted three times on Instagram. I'm not a really super visual person, but I'm pretty active on Twitter. And uh, my email is on my Twitter handle. So I'm very uh, easy to locate. Evinchantelli.com. You know, I'm 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 out there. I'm very easy to find, uh, and I'm always happy to talk Abba uh, and Benny and Bjorn and Agnetha and Frida, um, and they've been very um, generous through the years in uh, access and letting me uh, talk to them. And oh my God, and I can't believe I didn't say that. But but ten years ago, I want to say ten years, something like that, or when was it? Anyway, it was a while ago. I should check. It was in, no, it was in 2010. Yeah, 10 years. I wrote that line of notes for an ABBA Gold reissue. So it was the uh, CD-DVD combo set. Uh, So writing the book about ABBA Gold and then writing the line of notes for an ABBA Gold reissue, it was really like... Is it this one by any chance? It's like the the three-disc one? Um, No, it's it's the the 40th anniversary. No, it's the uh, it's the uh, it's this one. It's the uh, CD DVD edition. Okay. From twenty ten. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah. Nice. So I Very was cool. uh, yeah. That happened actually after I talked to them for for the second book, and they when they were working on that on their on that reissue, so Abba Gold has been reissued several times with little differences, but they've always kept, they've always kept that cover. I love that. And but anyway, so yeah, the uh, the record company asked me to write the uh, liner notes uh, for that, and let me tell you, it was a total thrill. It was, I mean, more than a thrill. It was really just like I felt like it was a a career slash life peak to do that. And uh, yeah, so now I have something like five versions of Abba Gold on, on my shelves. <laughs> but uh, yeah, that one is, I would say, that's a that's a career achievement that um, I'm, I'm very proud of, that one. Mm-hmm. And, you know, people have various versions of that compilation, so it doesn't matter, but I know I know, I, I did it. And, I, uh, yeah, and the DVD has, like, the video. So it's it's really, uh, which, of course, now you can find on YouTube. And But it was, uh, especially because the previous reissue, I think I'd been done, I think it was the previous one, I'd been done by Carl Magnus Palm, who is the ABBA expert. Uh, who's like really uh, I would highly recommend that everybody get he has written several books about ABBA they're all incredibly he, he really is the ABBA source so my uh, I feel like I always have to acknowledge his uh, his knowledge because he's really he's, he's the guy he's the guy mm-hmm. and he's had access to 
like all the ABBA masters and wrote and redid yes. um, his uh, complete recordings book. Mm-hmm. Uh, and now he's going on to redo ABBA on the record. So yeah. um, I'm really excited to see what kind of and stuff he wrote he, the, he wrote the ABBA biography, which is uh, a great book, really a great book. Mm-hmm. And that I also highly recommend. So, mm-hmm. which has been updated and um, yeah, it's, it's uh he's really he's just incredible he's an incredible guy so yeah i would say he's mr abba if there's one that's that's him carl magnus palm <laughs> and speaking of incredible you are incredible for coming on this podcast and, oh my God, and thank spreading you. the love of abba it's been such a fun time talking with you you're a national treasure to oh the my world God. to friends no, to, United States, to new york all over the world Maybe not Sweden quite yet, but there's there's room to take over, right? <laughs> Absolutely. Oh no, I love Sweden. It's really uh, I love Stockholm. It's a great it's a it's a great country. I uh, I'm very uh, yeah. I've been there like five times now. I think something like that. And I uh, yeah, I, I absolutely love it. And you know, and when you're there, you really realize why Abba came from there. It's hard to pinpoint why, but it when you're there, it really makes sense in a way that is hard yeah. to define. But you land there and you're like, oh, okay, yeah, makes total sense. That they would have come from that particular country with that particular history and relationship with pop music. Um, mm-hmm. So you know, there's there's accidents and there's accidents, but I feel like this was kind of a a case where everything came together at the right the right time and the right place, as they say. Absolutely, definitely, the sensibilities are there, and they've mm-hmm. they have conquered the world. <laughs> On that note, thank you so much, Elizabeth. I hope you enjoy the rest of your day. Okay. Well, thank you. For more information about today's guest or the media we mentioned in today's episode, please see the show notes in your local podcasting app, or visit vicariousmedia.com/podcast. This is Sparkle Sid signing off for another episode of Super Funkin' Serious. We hope to see you next Thursday for another fantastic episode of Cheeky Chat. Also, don't forget to be your funking best, and I'll see you next time. Goodbye, beautiful darlings and gal pals. Mwah! <laughs>